This is the Transforming Destinies broadcast of the Christ Chapel Ministries International. Ministering is Reverend James Hanson Saki, the senior pastor and author of the life-transforming book, Doing the Master's Will. Reverend James is a prolific preacher of the Word of God with a profound apostolic and prophetic mandate to set in order the things that are out of order in the church with emphasis on evangelism, prayer, righteousness, discipline and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry is committed to raising and establishing model New Testament Christians who know their place in God. It is our prayer that the Lord will minister to your individual needs through this message. Now, sit back and listen to Reverend James Hanson Saki as he ministers the undiluted Word of God with a special unction. May the Lord continue to enlighten you. Hello and welcome to the Transforming Destinies broadcasts of the Christ Chapel Ministries. I'm Reverend James Hanson Saki and it's a joy to bring the living Word to your living rooms this day. I'm about to share with you a message that will transform your destiny. The title of my message is The Effect of the Spirit, The Effect of the Holy Spirit in the Life of the Believer. And our key scripture can be found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now the apostle was teaching and said that instead of us being drunk with wine, instead of us being drunk with alcohol, we should be filled with the Spirit. You see, the comparison with alcohol is very obvious because you see, as just as people taking alcohol to either become bold to address issues or anyone that take in alcohol, you are never the same again. You you, you change. The way you talk changes. The way you walk changes. The way sometimes you even reason changes. And the same way, the Bible says that when the Spirit of God comes into our lives, there are effects. There is a change that can be seen in you. Now, there must be an evidence that the Spirit of God has really come into the life of an individual. Now, we are well aware that the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, that when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, the Bible said that they began to speak in tongues. So, so tongue speaking is the initial evidence that the Holy Spirit is living in an individual. But that is not all. The, the effect of the Holy Spirit must not be limited to just speaking in tongues. The effect of the Spirit must be seen in character and behavioral changes. Because that is why there was the comparison between wine and the Spirit. Anyone that takes in alcohol, everyone will immediately notice a characteristic change in your behavior, in your speech, in your conduct, there is a change because the spirit that you have taken in is affecting you. In the same way, when we see people that are influenced by demons and Satan, they, they also behave in a particular way that really reflects what kind of spirit has come into them. In the same way, when we are filled with the spirit of God, there is a particular change that must be seen in your behavior. So I want to ask you, if you are really filled with the Spirit, do we see the effect of the Spirit in your life? 
Because some people are drunk with alcohol when you see them. In fact, you can even smell the alcohol before they physically touch you. In the same way, when people see you and you say you are filled with the Spirit. Now, the Spirit, we can't see Him with our eyes. So when the Spirit is really living in you, apart from tongue speaking, there must be changes that reflect the fact that the Holy Spirit has come into your life. And these are the series of teachings I really want to bring to you this day. Now, one of the things that you must understand before we go on is that anyone filled with the Spirit of God, you cease to be an ordinary human being. You cease to be ordinary. When, when you are dedicated to a spirit being, you, you change. You, you are not ordinary anymore. You are not just an ordinary human being. I mean, people in the occult, People in the world, unbelievers, even know that when somebody is dedicated to a shrine, a deity, some fetish somewhere, that person is no longer ordinary. So people don't toy with those people. When we were growing up in Africa, there are certain boys, there are certain people we played with who we know they were the sons and daughters of fetish priests. We know that they are dedicated to a shrine. So we are careful how we offend them because we, we know they are no ordinary children. In the same way, when we are filled with the Spirit of God, I just came to announce to you that you are no longer an ordinary human being. God Almighty dwells in you and people must notice the character changes in your life. Now, one of the main things that will change in your life when the Holy Spirit truly fills you is that the Holy Spirit will draw you to a place of prayer. But before we go there, I just want you to see the point I made earlier when I said you will not be an ordinary person. In fact, 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 6, 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 6 and 1 Samuel 16 13 makes very interesting reading. I'll tell you what is there. The Bible said in 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 6 that when Samuel the prophet was told by God that tomorrow by this time I will send you a young man. From, from the tribe of Benjamin, and his name is Saul. And when he comes, anoint him to be the first king. The Bible says when Samuel poured oil on Saul, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. When Samuel poured that oil on Saul, the Bible said, Samuel told him that when you leave me from this place, you will meet a company of prophets and they will prophesy and the Spirit of God will come upon you from that very moment and you shall be turned into another man. Very clearly, that means that when the Spirit of God comes upon an individual, you become another man. You are not ordinary man. You are not just any type of man. You are not an ordinary man. You are extraordinary because an extraordinary spirit has come into you. <clears throat> the Bible said of David in 1 Samuel chapter 16 that when he was anointed with oil in the midst of his brethren, the spirit of God <clears throat> came upon him and the Bible said that he also changed. Samson also knew that very well. He told Delilah that no razor has come upon my head, but from the day that anyone will cut my head, then will I be like an ordinary man. So, just like any other man. So, these three instances tell us that when we are filled with the Spirit of God, we change. Now, one of the first things, as I said before, that will happen to you when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, apart from tongue speaking, is that the Spirit of God draws you to a place of prayer and fasting. Now, prayer and fasting, I'm talking about traveling, prevailing, intercessory prayer and fasting, does not just happen to people. 
Ordinary people cannot just get up one day and say, I want to fast and pray for 10 days. It just doesn't happen that way. The Spirit of God must draw you to that place. And we are about to draw a comparison between a group of people and one individual. And we will see how that individual was filled with the Spirit, was drawn to the place of prayer. And then a bunch of 12 men with him who have not been filled with the Spirit but could not pray as he did. But when they were later filled with the Spirit, oh my you will see that there was a tremendous change in their prayer character. Jesus is an example. Look with me to the book of Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Jesus was filled with the Spirit and look at the characteristic um, behavior there. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Spirit of God led him into the wilderness and being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights by the devil, in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Now the Bible said the Spirit of God led him to a place of prayer and fasting. If you have been truly filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will draw you to a place of prayer and fasting. Now let me announce to you, God wants us to pray. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You cannot be a true Christian without a prayer life. In fact, the Godhead could not do without prayer. Jesus was God. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and that Word was God. And the Bible said, that same Word that was God became flesh and dwelt among men. And that flesh that dwelt among men was doing 40 days and 40 nights of prayer. You have to multiply 40 days by hours. 24 hours times 40, that gives you about 890 or 980 hours of prayer. My God. And so you see, you can't do without prayer. Jesus came on earth and he was praying throughout. The Bible said of the Holy Spirit that he also makes intercessions for the saints with groanings that cannot be uttered. Hebrews 7.25 says that Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. So you will see that two-thirds of the Godhead are in constant intercession. You can't afford not to pray. But you see, it is not by might, nor by power, but by the influence of the Spirit of God that inhabits the believer. And that is the fact why I have come to you today with this message, that when you are truly filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, one of the things He would do is that He would truly draw you to a place of intercession and prayer. Jesus prayed. The Bible says, so we saw that Jesus being filled with the Spirit. In fact, himself testified in verse 18. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So Jesus was filled with the Spirit of God. Luke 4, 18. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He made that testif testimony himself. He made a declaration that the Spirit of God was upon him. In fact, Acts chapter 10 verse 8 also says the same thing, that how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. So Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and therefore that was why the Spirit led him to a place of prayer. But let's look at more characteristics. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Mark 1 35. Mark 1 35. The Bible says, 
Jesus, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, in contemporary terms, this is morning devotion. He woke up at dawn, the Spirit of God upon Jesus caused him to rise up way before daylight to a place of prayer. Can I ask you, are you truly filled with the Spirit? Because we just look at two examples. He had to pray 40 days and 40 nights in fasting. The Spirit led him. It was very clear. Here also, the Bible says, A man filled with the Spirit like Jesus woke up a great while before day. He went out, departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. You can't continue to sleep completely. You must wake up and pray. But the Spirit of God must influence your life to do so. I know a lot of you will say, Pastor, I really want to pray. I, I know I must pray. I have heard messages on prayer. But today I just came to let you know that you must allow the Holy Spirit to draw you to that place of prayer. It is a characteristic of a Spirit-filled person. Jesus did that. Look at Luke again. Luke chapter 6. And verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that Jesus went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. The Son of God praying all night. You can't afford to live your life without praying. So we have seen two things, three things here. The spirit-filled believer like Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days. He woke up a great while before daylight at dawn and prayed. And now we see in Luke chapter 6 verse 12 that he woke up, went to a place of prayer, and the Bible said he prayed throughout the night. It has always been his nature. If you read through the scripture, you see him separating himself to a solitary place and praying. The Spirit of God leads the believer to a place of prayer. I just came to challenge you as a Christian. You can't do without prayer, but you must allow the Holy Spirit to influence you. Because without the Holy Spirit, you cannot pray effectively. And when the Holy Spirit is in your life, don't limit him. Allow him to lead you to the place of prayer. And there are most of you that he leads you to the place of prayer, but you don't want to do it. You don't want to allow him. I came to ask you, allow him, so that then things will begin to work out in your life. Now, the Bible says, if you compare this particular lifestyle with his unfilled, spirit unfilled, let me use this word for the want of a better word, spirit unfilled disciples that followed him because they had then not been filled with the spirit. They couldn't pray. When he sent them to pray a meeting, they sleep. Look at it. In Matthew chapter 26, Matthew 26, verse 36 to 46, in the garden of Gethsemane, the Bible said, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. If the Bible is yours, underline sorrowful and deeply distressed. A man who is sorrowful and deeply distressed, but filled with the Holy Spirit, could still pray. When you are truly filled with the Spirit of God, sorrow and distress cannot interfere with a prayer life. You will still be able to pray because of the anointing. The Bible says, he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further, fell on his face and prayed saying, oh, my father, 
If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples, found them sleeping. They were not filled with the Spirit of God. They may know they have even seen him praying. They had walked with him at this point. They had walked with him for three years. But yet at a prayer meeting, they are always sleeping. Because at this point, they have not been filled with the Spirit of God. And the Bible said, he said to Peter and the rest, What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Now, this implies clearly that he went away from them for one hour. And when he came back, a man who was sorrowful, a man greatly distressed, could still pray for one hour, could afford one hour. Let me say something to you here. That one hour is the minimum time for prayer, according to Jesus, according to the scripture. And they slept. Then he said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he said to them, he went away and prayed saying, Oh my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again. And prayed the third time, saying the same words. He wasn't tired praying the same words. He was sorrowful and distressed, but could afford. This time he had prayed for three hours. And sometimes you talk to believers and say, I'm a believer, I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm worried about something and I just can't pray. Can, can we find out what kind of spirit came into your life? I just came to challenge you. The Spirit of God, truly filling you, will draw you to a place of prayer. Jesus had the same feelings we had. The difference was that he had the fullness of the Spirit of God in his life. And the Bible said, he came to them and said, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. So Jesus prayed for three hours. But the disciples slept for three hours. Because they were not filled with the Spirit. Now, in Luke chapter 9 verse 28, let's look at another example there. Luke 9, 28. The Bible says, Now it came to pass about eight days after these things, that he took Peter, James, and John, and went onto the mountain to do what? To pray. Jesus was always going to the place of prayer. And he took these disciples with him. As he prayed, oh, he only prayed because his spirit filled. The appearance of his face was altered. And his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah. So Jesus began to see a vision of Elijah and Moses who had died thousands of years before. As he went into that place of prayer, plugged into that place of prayer, led by the Spirit of God, you are open, you are exposed to the realm of the spiritual, where visions and dreams and prophetic utterances from God becomes evident. In fact, in the process, the Bible says, a voice even spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. So, the Holy Spirit will draw you to a place of prayer, where it's not a prayer you pray over food before you eat, nor the prayer you pray before you jump to bed but this is the type of travailing prevailing intercessory prayer that moves the hand of God and changes things on the face of the earth in your life and in every situation every child of God filled with the spirit of God must come to this level but you see the Bible said only Jesus could experience such a phenomenon because he is filled with the spirit now if you look at it the Bible said verse 32 but Peter 
and those with him were heavy with sleep. This is the second time we have read in scripture that Jesus took them to a prayer meeting and they slept. But they have walked around him for three years. You have been in church for three years. You have walked around an anointed man of God. But you see, walking around an anointed man of God, be in church all these years, doesn't make any difference. What makes the difference is that the spirit in you must effect a change in you. And people must see it. So the Bible says they were sleeping. And that was serious. So Jesus could pray, but his disciples had then not been filled with the Spirit of God. But you see, when they were turned again and they got filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible said it was clear that there was a change in their prayer life. Please ask chapter 2 verse 4. Let's talk about these disciples now. Because we have seen on all the occasions that they could not pray. But in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This, all these people were about 120, including Peter, James, and John, and the 12 who usually sleep when Jesus takes them to prayer meeting. This time, they had been filled with the Spirit of God. And they could engage in prayer to the extent that the Bible said in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, <clears throat> when they had gone evangelism and had been told not to preach in the name of Jesus and were threatened, the Bible says, and being let go, verse 23 of chapter 4 of Acts, they went to their own companions, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord in prayer and they prayed. Hallelujah. This time they could pray because they had been filled with the Spirit. And look at the final thing in Acts chapter 12. An amazing development. This was after James had been killed by Herod and Peter had been arrested. And these disciples filled with the Spirit of God. There was a notable characteristic change in their prayer behavior. The Bible said that Herod arrested James killed him and took Peter also. And the Bible said that verse 4, so when they had arrested Peter, he put him in prison, delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Peter, verse 5, was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when they had prayed, the Bible said God sent an angel from heaven into that prison on the seventh day of the arrest and brought Peter out. That means that these disciples who had then now been filled with the spirit could pray nonstop for seven days until a release from heaven came. I just came to announce to you when you are truly filled with the spirit of God, you cannot afford a prayerless life. You cannot afford a lazy life. You cannot afford not to pray. But you must come to that place under the leading of the Holy Spirit for a particular characteristic change in your prayer behavior. Enough is enough with just limiting the Spirit of God to just tongue speaking for two minutes. But that should take you now to the realms of persistent, consistent intercessory prayer. If all believers would take this heed 
and will allow the Spirit of God to draw them to that place of prayer. There will be changes in their lives. There will be revivals in churches. Our communities will be saved because we have believers who will pray selflessly in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you today as you have heard this message that may the Holy Spirit come upon you right now in the dimension that will draw you to the place of prayer for we cannot do without prayer. The Bible says pray without ceasing and the prayer moves the hand that rules the world. I came to call you to the place of prayer but I am I'm coming to tell you that it takes the Spirit of God the Spirit of God to effect that kind of prayer change in your life. I ask you right now as I have finished preaching you may have been feeling guilty at the sound of my voice that pastor I want to pray but I cannot pray but I'm just here to tell you that the Spirit of God is willing to lead you to that place. Just give him a room right now and I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of God will fill you in Jesus mighty name. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord lift you up. May the anointing of the Lord cause you to pray than ever before. May you notice a prayer change in your life. And if you are listening to me, you want to pray, but you don't know Jesus Christ. In fact, you can't pray to Jesus when you are not born again. You need to give your life to him. The privilege of prayer is not for sinners. But sinners can call upon the Lord Jesus and he will come into their lives. And I want to give you that opportunity in the next few seconds. And I want you, if you are listening to me and you are not saved, you don't have a relationship with Jesus because the Bible says, whatsoever we shall ask the Father in the name of Jesus, that is what will be done. I want to pray with you. You want to receive Jesus. Wherever you are sitting, just lift up your hands and close your eyes and say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I have listened to your message. I believe you died and rose again for my sake. Come into my life right now. I believe in you as my savior and I invite you to be my Lord and personal savior. In Jesus' name, amen. God richly bless you for listening to this broadcast. I believe you have been blessed and I want you to look forward to to the continuation of this message. God richly bless you. That was Reverend James Hansen Saki of Christ Chapel Ministries International. Thank you so much. If you've been blessed by this message, please visit our website and send us an email. And if you're interested in any of Reverend James's messages, you can also purchase them from our website, which is www.christchapel.org.uk. If you want to fellowship with us, you can. Visit our website for all our service times. May the Lord continue to fill you as you thirst and hunger after His Word. Christ Chapel Ministries, building lives and transforming destinies.